Good morning, quitters. How you doing? It's another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. You've got to be so tired of me by now. My name is Maxim Allen, your host. Uh, today is July 3rd, 2021. Pride Month is over. We are back to white boy summer. Thank you, Chet Hanks. Uh, today is a very special day because I have. this is my sixth day of running, which I don't know if I mentioned in the last episode. And today I actually noticed improvement in my own cardio, which is very nice, but that's very dumb. Anyway, today's guest is a very cool person, very interesting person, very good friend of mine, and they just got back from quite the uh, adventure this winter. Everyone, please welcome the very funny Anya Jones. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Anya. Did you run in the rain? No, it wasn't raining. It like paused for a minute, which is nice. All right. I had to take advantage while I could. I was going to say, it'd be cool if you ran in the rain. Be kind of badass. Be a very Gatorade commercial. But also six days. You should. You need a rest day. Sounds like tomorrow's your off day. Oh no, not six days straight. Oh, like six day of actually running over over two over weeks. How much? Oh, okay. Yeah, All right, so, good. Yeah, like, put those rest days in there every other day. Nice. Yeah, I also uh, broke the the bottom of one of my shoes, so I had to take a day to glue it back together. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Very stupid. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Anya, you are a comedian. Yes. Uh, you are also a clown and improviser, and yeah. you got a lot of other yeah. things going on. <laughs> yes. But you, you this winter, you left New York City to do a tour. And what was that tour called? It's called Push and Believe. Okay, so the Push and Believe tour. So what is the premise of the Push and Believe tour, and how did you get there? Um, so uh, my boyfriend and I, who you've had on this podcast, yeah, uh, Precious here, yeah. yeah, Precious Gorgeous. Uh, well, we were, you know, quarantining in Bed-Stuy and you just, you, you don't want to let a perfectly good pandemic go to waste because <laughs> <laughs> we were teaching online. So, uh, and we were paying too much in rent. So, um, which by the way, we didn't end up saving on rent on the door. We, yeah, no way. <laughs> we spent so much more money than we would have <laughs> if we stayed, but that was, that was it. And he's, he wanted to tour with music and I wanted to tour with comedy. And we also had this thought of like everybody who's going to take a break on during the pandemic, um, versus like the people that are going to be keep performing through it. The right. people that are going to perform are going to come out so much stronger. Right. Especially um, during the winter in the city when no one could do anything. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So we, uh, and he's always wanted this, uh, like VW bus. He loves those micro buses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, he's really like, he's a menace because he will pick things based on how aesthetically pleasing they are. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. so we, en- we ended up with this 40 year old bus that broke down everywhere. But we were on the road for like seven months and, um, got a dog. And yeah. So yeah, uh, VW bus, uh, excellent ex- aesthetic choice, terrible long-term saving money choice. Yeah. <laughs> if you go to the like Craigslist and you go to cars and you go to under $1,000, most of that section is vans of some sort like that. Yeah. People are just have beat the hell out of. <laughs> yeah. Use and abuse and sell. So yeah, you, you wanted to just tour with comedy. He wanted to tour with his music. Yeah. What, um, what would, did you have, did you guys have like a final step where you're like, fuck it, we're actually going to do this now? Or was it just kind of something you're building up to and planning for a while? Um, okay, that's a good question. So I feel like the step of, uh, okay, we're doing it now 
has to come when you're like kind of afraid to do it. Yeah. And then you, in that moment, you're deciding to be brave. Mm-hmm. And that was never our issue. Like okay. we ha- we fear many other things, mm-hmm. but um, like for him, he's biked across the country before, so living out of a bag is not hard for him. Living <laughs> on the street is not hard for him. Mm-hmm. And I've done other similar things as well. So it was really just an issue of money, and uh, we kind of it was very like passe. We were just we just started googling vans, and then. Yeah. <laughs> And then we like Googled nonstop for several weeks until we found the right van. So it was um it was just getting the money together. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and finding the right van was yeah. really hard. So what was the first like leg of the tour? Where where'd you got you leave New York City? Where do you go first? Yeah, okay. So we left New uh we left New York on the day of Thanksgiving. Okay. Um in the night, and we drove to my dad's house. Which is where? Which is uh, outside of Trenton on the Pennsylvania side. Okay. It's yeah, on yeah. the Pennsylvania-New Jersey border um, because it was like, we're like, it felt like we're like a ship going off to sea and mm-hmm. we just like had to like get their blessing, I guess, him and my <laughs> stepmom. Yeah. So we stopped there for a few days and then and then we were off basically on our own. Okay, nice. Did you? So I'm guessing you didn't have a van issue between here and Trenton, right? Did you get there okay? I mean... I, yes, but also at that time, the van uh, had an issue every single time you start it, which is that uh, the, this was a very charming issue that I, I can't <laughs> like in retrospect, I can't believe how we did this. But every time you started the van, it would shut off unless you very lightly rev the engine for about mm. five to seven minutes straight. Oh, my God. <laughs> and this is the van that I decided would be okay to drive across the country in. <laughs> Absolutely not. Holy shit. What? Did you... I'm, oh, I'm not a big car guy, but I'm guessing spark plugs or alternator or something like that. But... Um, it... it and, well, we ended up getting a new engine, but... Um, <laughs> I <laughs> I think there was something with the idle. Um yeah, I don't yeah. I don't even remember. Okay, so <laughs> you have this very charming problem of having to rev it. Oh, it forever. was the it was the gasoline infusion because it wasn't giving oh. itself enough gas. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Damn. So did you fix that in Trenton or did you oh, no. no? <laughs> We made it like down to Florida on that engine. Whoa. So, okay. So you stop in Trent. Did you do any comedy there? Did you do any performance there or just kind of hang out for a few? Only the performance we did for my dad and stepmom telling them this was a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) No, my dad's a crazy guy too. So he was... I hid all the problems from him because he was like, <laughs> he was like, show me the van, let me ride around in it. It looks cool. Are there any problems? And I was like, no. And I, I had only had the van for maybe a week. I already knew of five. <laughs> um, but he's, he could tell, I think, because he's a like a reckless adventure as well. Yeah, calculated reckless adventure. So he, he was very into it. I think he was excited and invigorated nice. by how many problems we would have. <laughs> it's a good learning experience. So you go, you went from Trenton. Where, where was the next stop? Um, just very briefly, spend the night in Philly. Okay. We we were in a very big rush to get down south because at this point we had to start sleeping in the car. Right, right. And these are the first days of December. Yeah. So Philly was very cold. Just spent the night. Um, uh, that was my first uh gigantic shit. 
in a city outside. I mean, um, <laughs> you know what? I don't have to keep bringing that up. But that, that was like a big part of the trip is using the bathroom outside everywhere. Okay. Um, and then we went, uh, then we went to DC. Did you perform there or were you no. just on the road? To get we in, get couldn't. Out? It was yeah. too cold. People True. weren't even outside. Okay. Yeah. Then uh, a quick night in DC and then just like gunned it down to like uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And um, after Raleigh, North Carolina, we broke down big time in okay. Winston Salem, North Carolina for the first time. Okay. And that's a small place, I'm guessing. Kind of. I mean, it's a local city. It's okay. one of those like small local cities. Mm -hmm. So you, what was your big breakdown? Um, ah, okay. So, uh, yes, I remember. So uh, as fate should have it, uh, we were driving late at night on the mm -hmm. highway and it was pouring rain mm -hmm. as it should be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we broke down. And um, from what we knew, it was just like, okay, we're driving. And I'm on the highway, and the van stops accelerating. Yeah. And uh, so I pull over, and then it won't start back up. And uh, so we got stuck in a hotel for a week waiting for that to be fixed. What, en what ended up having had happened was we had a crack in our gas tank. So oh. the rain was trickling in. Mm. Um, but that, that was the problem. We actually didn't learn that at the time. What they told us was uh, there's water in your gas tank. Yeah. It's probably from bad gas. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just going to drain it for you and fill you up. So basically we were fine on that, um, until the next big rain. Mm. <laughs> and that is where we broke down again and learned about that problem and had the gas tank sealed. So you, you've been on the road, you had been on the road for like more than a week before you performed. Uh, just. Yeah. Do, yeah. Oh yeah. It was a long time. Wow. We performed for the first time in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. And is this is after you fix those problems after your week in the hotel? Yes. Okay. So you get to Charlotte. Yeah. How's, how's the weather? Was it great? Yeah. At that point it was starting to be bearable. Like mm -hmm. sleeping in the van at night is fine. Walking around is fine. Yeah. And what was your first performance? How did you lock down a spot to perform? Did you plan? Did you go into any of the groups on Facebook? Or uh, yes. So none of that helped, but um, I did do those things. But I had been to Charlotte uh, before, and there's this. Charlotte is a really cool city, and it's growing really fast. Yeah. As in any like growing city, there's mm -hmm. a a little hipster neighborhood that's very separate from downtown. Right, right, right. And so I had been there before, and the only thing I remember was that there's a dog bar. Okay. It's called the dog bar. And <laughs> it's people just come there with their dogs. Dogs allowed inside. There's an outside that's fenced in. And there's just, there's like 30 dogs. Just every, <laughs> you look in a corner, there's a dog sleeping there. there. There's just like a plethora of dogs. So I loved it. So I remembered that place. And we went there and um, we, they have this like parking lot. Uh, so we just asked, can we perform in your parking lot? And they were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what that seems like a fine reaction <laughs> and i was like well okay like look this is our van can we park our van and perform in front of it we will be respectful uh in in our estimation of what that means <laughs> and they said uh i mean yeah i guess so whatever why not and yeah i had to post it on like charlotte comedy facebook groups um hey the, uh if you want to come get some stage time mm -hmm. this is a gorilla style show yeah and like two or three dudes showed up I, wow, I don't know nice. why. <laughs> yeah. How, how did it go overall? 
Did you have any audience listening? Um, yeah. As for the whole trip, there were like people that walk by. They kind of right. stop for a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Most of them don't stay the whole show, but mm-hmm. yeah, kind of like a moseying coming and going audience. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you had been to Lee and I's little panda show in Dumbo. Yes. That was kind of the same deal. Like you perform yes. outside, some people sit for one or two comics and they just kind of leave, you know? Yes. That was a, a very high traffic place, mm-hmm. which most of our places were not that, but we've, we, yeah, very similar. Mm-hmm. So did it feel, I'm guessing it felt pretty good to actually tell some jokes and do what you set out to do after a week? It, uh, I mean, it did, um, but uh, it was that whole first leg up until. Honestly, like up all the way through Florida was pretty hard. Really? Yeah, because um, like we had already spent a week. I it, even though that was our first show, it was like okay, in the first two weeks we've done one show, broken down once, spent right. a week in a hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it, the shows also it takes a while to figure out how to do them, how to find local comics, where to set up, right? How to do it, and so like. It, it doesn't feel good. No, no. <laughs> like, stand-up comedy almost never feels good, anyways. Yeah, in a in a club, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. So it took a, it took a while. Um, and but yeah, it was like it was our we broke the seal, and then yeah. the, our next show felt a lot better. It was Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. And because a lot of people had come, and we had like a really good spot, we went to just like the center of town mm-hmm. uh, on this grass patch where. And there were a lot of comics, and they were all very funny. Nice, yeah, that's awesome. I haven't I haven't been down to Charlotte, but I've been to South Carolina. It's very yeah. pretty there. Really nice. Yeah, it's it's one of the scariest states, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, uh, Lee and I, we went down to um, uh, Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, and we we road tripped down there in one shot. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, when you start driving pl- past places that have like. 20 foot confederate flags just <laughs> in people's yards and yes. stuff and you got the creepy trees it's like ooh <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's like um like you're okay in the cities but then like when you're getting from city to city don't break down <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so, so you you were you staying in hotels at this point or were you back to sleeping in the van cuz it was warmer no, we only stayed hotels. Well, for the most part, we stayed in hotels when we broke down and had right. no van to sleep in. Right. But right, other right, than right. that, we were sleeping in the van every night. Okay. So, well, so you sleep in the van once in what you said, DC and Philly. Yeah, DC, Philly, uh, probably on the way to Raleigh and Raleigh, um, and then uh, yeah, and then we made it into. Like into Winston Salem and mm-hmm. broke down. Gotcha. Right there. Yeah. Okay. So at that point, once you get into South Carolina, are you becoming more accustomed to sleeping in the van? Have you kind of figured out your groove? Or sleeping in the van was never a problem. Really? Because I've slept many places. Yeah. Okay. The, I think the biggest issue is like um, not having access to a bathroom. Right. 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 You mentioned a, that is a huge deal, especially for a lady. I think more than mm-hmm. for a man. Right. Right. Um, and that. Is like I think it's uh, it's it's just really good awareness of like what homeless people go through. Right, right. Because it's like you you kind of I think there's a tendency to look at homeless people and be like, well, like you know, like you have this bench, you have this like homeless shelter over here, you know, like you could figure it out. But there's just there's a million problems that pop up 
right. every single right. day mm-hmm. if you just don't have a bathroom and a place to sleep. Right. And I imagine also just sleeping in the van, I feel like I would be most tense about people approaching the van while oh, you're trying do. to sleep in it. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, they do. Well, some, some, okay, so sometimes like you park in a place that's maybe not far from the bar scene and people are walking around drunk and they want to take pictures and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Because the, the vans are iconic. They have a history. Yeah, yeah. But there have also been many times where like you'd be surprised how hard it is to find parking to mm-hmm. be able to sleep overnight. Yeah. Because there were a bunch of times that either police or security or whatever has knocked on our van at like when we're already asleep and mm-hmm. like you guys have to leave. Yeah. Um, and that's always very stressful because it's <laughs> yeah, you like going to sleep every night, you are just hoping that you can make it through to the morning. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so stressful. Did you hit a groove with it? Did you figure out what spots are the best after some time? Or did you just always have the issue for the whole tour? Um, Once you figure out which spots work, then the next day you go to a different state. Mm, so it's right. it's really different everywhere. Um, We were in a groove with Walmart parking lots for a while. Yeah, that's what I've heard. But then there were some Walmart parking lots that also asked us to leave, which hmm. I, I, like, I didn't know they do that. I don't right. know. But also, it's not always like they don't always feel great, right? Sometimes they feel like the more sketchy, yeah, option. Because especially because you're just out in the middle of a parking lot in the middle of the night, like yeah, it's very exposed. I think I I just um yeah I started feeling more comfortable like after we hit Key West. Okay. So basically, okay, so that yeah, after Charleston, we hit Savannah, Georgia. We had friends in all of these places, by the way, mm-hmm. but most of them. Uh, this was still like deep into COVID. Most of them were very uncomfortable with even making contact with us, right. let alone letting us stay in their home. Yeah. But in Savannah, we stayed with some friends and then we went into Florida, hit Jacksonville, broke down immediately because it was raining. <laughs> that's that's the day we got the dog. Is the, the... Okay. So you, you get a dog during this. T- <laughs> oh, yeah. Because we, yeah. <laughs> I just thought, you know, I, we're missing something. <laughs> you were just like, we're going to get a dog. Because also, uh, Ralph, on his album he put out, has a song where he, the verse is, Anya wants to get a dog. We don't need no damn dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the, uh, what, is Ralph on board at this point? Or are you just like... Well, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, further in that same song, he yeah. goes, um, uh, me too, if I'm being honest. So he, for him, his lifelong dream was this VW bus. And for me, this is going to sound silly, but my lifelong dream is to have a dog. Okay. <laughs> I, I just love dogs and yeah. I've never, I've like never allowed to have one. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not, cause it was always like, you know, uh, like, well, I live in a college dorm room, so I can't have one. Right. But I'm, I'm so old now. Okay. So anyways, so <laughs> basically as soon as we left New York, um, I told him, okay. Well, even like leading up to it, like you get to have the van. So as soon as I, as soon as I see a dog that I am allowed to take, I'm taking it. (laughs) 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 And and he said, okay, that's fair. Mm -hmm. I could see he wasn't fully into it, but he did say that's fair. Yeah, you know, I get the van, which is crazy, and you get a dog, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. And so I had actually been looking on on the Craigslist ads for dogs. 
As every you pass city, every we, city, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which okay, so here's the other big issue is um nobody will give you a dog if you live in a van. Right, 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 right. Um, which is good, right? Fair, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was like we were also like it was really hard to find someone reputable because then mm. the only people that will give you a dog if you live in a van are really sketchy people that breed low quality dogs. Or as right. as they call them, lemons, which is really lemons? funny. Lemons, yeah, they're like the same way a car can be a lemon, a, like a bad, a badly bred dog can be a lemon. What's a badly bred dog? Just like a regular mutt, like no, no, mutts are the best dogs. Um, but dogs that are like really inbred oh. and really neglected at a very young age, mm. if they don't get that like that contact with their siblings and their mother, they just like. It's the kind of dogs that like they grow up and uh, you look over at them and they're just like always chewing on their tail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just, it's to the point of like it's not that this dog like maybe needs some tender love and care. They're just like they this dog has been fucked beyond the point of return. Right, right. And those puppies like that's what puppy mills are about. Right, is you right. just pump them out and all puppies are cute so they sell really well. Mhm. And that's what a lot of like uh puppy stores never buy a puppy from a store. Right. Um, so I was, yeah, I was really worried about getting a lemon, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which sounds a little heartless, but, um, you know, you want your dog to be a good dog. So we, so in Jacksonville, these people seemed to be honest, I don't know why I went with this dog, but the, the people did seem shady. Like it's, it's, they, I, I was asking them all these questions that you're supposed mm-hmm. to ask, like, um, you know, like how many litters has this dog had before? Um, have these puppies been to the vet? Uh, how often do the parents go to the vet? And like, they had all the right answers, but like something about it, like they didn't ask me anything. That's a red flag. Mm. They should have asked me, like, where do you live? Right. Will you be able to care for this dog? So, um, but you know, I kind of just wanted one at that, at that point. <laughs> well, it doesn't seem like you got a lemon. It seems like we, Masha's yeah. very sweet dog. Oh my gosh, we got incredibly lucky. Mm-hmm. So this lady that I'm talking to on Craigslist, she was like, um, I was, I was talking to her, she had the puppies, and then the next time I spoke to her, she's like, um, sorry, the last one is uh, like spoken for, there's a man coming to get her. I was like, ah, shoot. Okay, well, if something falls through, please let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure enough, that guy, maybe he got a flat tire or something, but he couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, yeah, come get her. She's the last one. If you don't come get her, there's another person in line right after you. And we went and got her in a lift. We had to drive way out to the country, like down these dirt roads. And while we're going there, I, like, I lose cell phone service. We're on a dirt road. I have no idea where we are. I have like several hundred dollars cash to pay for this fucking dog. <laughs> and also we're about to... So basically I start begging the lift driver. I'm like, hey, um, whatever happens, don't leave us. Right, right. Don't leave us because I don't even, I, just please don't go. And he, he was like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I might leave you. <laughs> I might leave. So where, where's the van? Is the van broken down at this point? The van's point? at a mechanic. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. And <laughs> so we get the dog. The Lyft driver doesn't leave us. We get back. And then, yeah. And then we stayed in a hotel for about a week, maybe a week and a half while the van was getting fixed with, again, water in the tank. They sealed up the tank. Um, and yeah, so that first hotel, Masha, the dog, um, she's at lab. Mm-hmm. And so, and she, she's like, you know, she's an infant. Yeah. So we were potty training her 
out of this hotel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which they also didn't know. Um, but after that, we were on the road and, mm-hmm. and swinging. Nice. So did uh, I'm guessing the puppy greatly improved the journey in terms of oh God, mental no. health wise? No, really? Just I well, mean, no, puppies are a lot though. Well, yeah. Like imagine a. I, she's a little bit better than a baby, but like imagine a baby. True. She. I mean, she. She just created an infinite amount of problems all the time. <laughs> I, I like no regrets. I was very. I would have done that a million times again, but I didn't do it for it to be fun because it was not. Oh my gosh. This honestly sounds like the plot for like a nightmare road trip comedy <laughs> movie. Also, the the biggest issue with Masha um was that Ralph and I now have to raise a living being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just had a bunch of fights about it. Yeah. Um which was very 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 hard. Mhm. Uh because he was wrong <laughs> about a lot of things, but also I was wrong, and that was even harder. But um, we we figured it out. Yeah, nice. So, uh, <laughs> so you get the dog, and this is how far in are you into this journey? You're like two or three weeks. Yeah, this is, okay. I remember the day we got Masha is December seventeenth. Okay, so, so we're like two and a like half weeks, almost. Yeah, barely two and a half, almost three weeks. Okay, nice. And so you get you get Masha, you're potty training her in a hotel. Are you doing any performances during this week or are you just focusing on the dog? Every time the van broke, we couldn't get anywhere to perform. Right. Okay. So no. Okay. So what are your and that you said that's Jacksonville? <laughs> yes. So what's the next stop? Where where's also, the next performance after this? Okay, here's the other here's the other thing about Jacksonville. Where we broke down, the we had to it was towards the evening we had to spend the night in that spot where we broke down yeah until the tow truck could come in the morning and there was like a bunch of motels right next to where we broke down and i just happened to walk into a dunkin donuts to like grab a coffee or something yeah and i jacksonville is the ca- the murder capital of florida by okay the way, which i knew but this guy was like um hey uh you don't look like you're from around here and i was like oh shit like that's bad already mm-hmm. and he was like okay well uh, i'm just letting you know don't go to those motels. Don't even go near them. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, they were shut down yesterday for having too many murders. Whoa. There were too many murders occurring at the motel. They had to shut down. So don't go to any of them. Cause, and don't go outside because a lot of like drug dealers and prostitutes and pimps that were all through them, they're now kicked out on the street roaming these <laughs> roaming these streets. So, okay, so so I was very happy to leave Jacksonville. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> this this could be like a TV show. And we're not even like halfway through your journey. We're not even a third of the this way is, through your journey. Yeah, we're not even through December and we were on the road till May. <laughs> <laughs> so so you get let's okay, so uh you you go from Jacksonville. You say you feel good when you get to Key West. Yes. Okay, so the and we were in Florida for a long ass time mm-hmm. because uh part, well one thing is Ralph has family in Florida, so we spent uh down in Port Charlotte, which is mm-hmm. like on the other side of Miami. Yeah. Um so we spend Christmas with his dad and his sister, which are also very funny people. Mm-hmm. And then um we were on our way Oh yeah, we went to Key West. Um, spent New Year's in Key West with uh with the puppy. We performed in Key West. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. We met there was like a homeless guy that performed with us named Michael, who was very 
funny and strange. Um, <laughs> I I don't know if I can go into like every character we've met, but he the the long and short with him is that um, I just he was like very like he he didn't smile the whole time. Okay, like I I he just had like a like a droopiness to mm-hmm. him, and I was like, so hey, like what's like what's the worst part? Like how'd you get here? And he was like, uh, well, I had a job lined up for me in Orlando, Florida. I'm like a sound engineer guy and I was robbed and all my stuff was taken and uh, none of my family will help me because uh, their fame went to their head. And I was like, I'll bite. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, yeah, all my family is the Duck Dynasty guys and they're fucking assholes. (laughs) I said, okay, Michael. (laughs) And and he said, yeah, so I just came down to Key West because I've always wanted to see it. Um, And I'm like, okay, well, what's... uh, you know, what's Key West been like for mm-hmm. you so far? And he's like, well, I've had two heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was Michael. So we Whoa. performed in Key West. Key West is full of like wild chickens and iguanas that mm-hmm. are just roaming around everywhere. I mean, it was awesome. It's a tourist town. Nobody was being safe down there. Like people were partying really oh, yeah. hard. Like no masks. masks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But it was really cool. It was really hot. Um, I mean, I, I loved Key West a lot. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. And then we left. And then as we're coming up and we go into Miami. Um, right. And then Hollywood, Florida, w- which is where we hung out with Chris Schur, actually. Right, right, right. Chris Schur came in and um, did a show with us. We did a few shows there. Uh, uh, and right on schedule, break down again. And that's where we get a new engine, which okay. actually... After that, we didn't break down as much. Probably only like two more times. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but also a new engine is not a cheap expense oh, or no. cheap fix. No, no, no. No, it was it was a lot. But this we found this mechanic that we liked named mm-hmm. Bruce. Dude, Bruce was so funny. All these guys that work on these old buses, mm-hmm. they're so funny. You know they're going to be funny at the point where they start telling you how long they've been working on these buses, yeah. which is the first thing they do. Yeah. I've been working on these buses for 37 years. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on these buses for 50 years. Um, they haven't even been around that long. But uh, so Bruce was very funny because he had this like, he had his own like little shop and he's a, he's a like a Caribbean guy mm-hmm. that lives in Miami. He uh, kept telling us about his dog that got stolen. Okay. Like he has this uh, car shop where he had a little dog that was just there all the time and he loved him. And he goes, man, I love that dog. He says that all the time. Mm-hmm. And then he, he's like, my dog was stolen. They took my dog. <laughs> they took my dog. Um, and we never questioned that. We worked with him many times. for, uh, But eventually we asked him how his dog was stolen. And he tells us the story. And basically what happened is his dog ran away. Okay. Because right. there's, there's nothing... <laughs> To indicate that anybody took his dog. Yeah. Just his dog ran away. And so, and so he just kept telling us, like, be careful with your dog out there. <laughs> They're stealing these dogs. <laughs> yeah. So uh, after that, mm-hmm. things were things got a lot better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, that, yeah. I, I'll also mention, like, while we were waiting for this new engine to be put in, which took about a month and, and a week. Mm-hmm. We were crashing at Ralph's cousin's house. Okay. And we really overstayed our welcome. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. That that was really, really uncomfortable. It was like, it's family and they want to help us out. But like, we thought it would take two weeks and it ended up taking like five or six. 
Whoa. And so we were just crashing in their in their house with a dog too. Ooh. And they're like they were working. Um, so that was hard. And then we left. <laughs> they yeah. Just... <laughs> um That's and... a long time. That yes, was just is. the engine replacement took a month. Yes. Wow. Yeah. How do you how do you navigate that? Do you just like try to stay out of the house during the day and try to be away? Like uh, I mean, we don't have a car. There's nowhere mm. we can go. Like they work, but they also like worked at different times. We I don't know, just tried to like be very clean. Yeah. Um we try to be out of the way. There's really not much you can do. Right. My gosh. So- oh, also the room we were staying in didn't have a door. Ooh. <laughs> this, is not, this is a separate detail. <laughs> so where where do you go after this? You get your engine back. Where's the next stop? Okay, so then we start uh rising up through Florida because I was like, we gotta get the hell out of here. We've been in Florida for like two months. I had never yeah. been to Florida before. Um, I have a friend in the panhandle that okay. we uh stayed with and I did shrooms there. Okay. And that was a really big turning point for me. Okay. Um, because I was also this whole time I had started antidepressants like several months before that. And so I was working on finding the right dosage with my doctor. Right, right. And it was just not like it would work. It it, it was a like very fluctuating journey, but mm-hmm. overall it like it 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 took it just was never good for long. Like I'd feel good, and then one the next day I wouldn't. Um, so she kept adding medications to me, and that was really annoying. So at some point, I was on like four different medications, and I was like, "This is this is bullshit. This is not working out. I'm right. not I'm not this sick. Um, I know what'll cure me." <laughs> so I did shrooms and went off all my meds. Okay, because shrooms has like this um, anxiety relieving yeah quality to mm-hmm. it, and that is when the trip became amazing yeah <laughs> that is like if you if anyone's ever done shrooms it's like that afterglow that you have after shrooms that lasts for some people weeks some mm-hmm. people months that was really cool so then we go into alabama mm-hmm. um, and that whole gulf coast like mobile yeah. alabama biloxi ocean springs mississippi mm-hmm. did you stop and, by new orleans yeah and then mm-hmm. we went to new orleans which everybody loves except for me um, <laughs> but that was amazing Mobile, Alabama, maybe one of my favorite places. Um, we that's where we had our first show where we made money. Oh, nice. Okay. And we performed several times, and like one of the times we performed, and not only did we make a a good amount of money, but there were people that stopped and listened and stayed the whole time. Nice. And were like really into it, and mm-hmm. like we like really connected with some people. Um, so that was a really really motivational point Mm -hmm. where like yeah that it's weird to do a trip for like seven months where the hardest part of the trip is the first like three months it's like why why even keep going yeah yeah, yeah. like you're three months into a bad idea (laughs) (laughs) so it's um, a sunk cost fallacy (laughs) we have to keep going where's the fun (laughs) yeah yeah it basically was just because like we don't have anything to come back to in new york right 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 um but mobile alabama was amazing Mississippi was really, really, really cool. Um, and then, yeah, we made it to New Orleans where I had a childhood friend that I had not seen since I was like maybe eight. And mm-hmm. we, we kind of stayed with her for a little bit. Um, New Orleans was like cool. And but he, I maybe this was the shrooms. 
And overall, being on the trip, like you're very vulnerable, right, right, to everything physically, mm-hmm. which makes me really vulnerable emotionally. Mm-hmm. And in New Orleans, um, there's a tendency for that city to collect drifters, yes, and a lot of drifters that are like, so to speak, up to no good. Yeah. By that same token, we were drifters, mm-hmm. but there was like a whole part of the city where you're walking around, and it's just like. People are there to do drugs and be reckless. Yeah, yeah, the French Quarter or somewhere else. Yeah, whatever the fuck. Yeah. The, where Bourbon Street is. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, among other things. I, um, I always thought the one time I went to New Orleans, I thought the vibe there is like if Halloween was a place. Yes. Like it's just, it's, it's like very cool and there's yes. a good energy, but also it's like look over your shoulder and they got these voodoo yes. shops and stuff and you see lots of weird people and they got like psychics on the street. Yeah. Like, it's, it's the kind of people go there that would want Halloween to be every day. Yeah. And that's weird. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> and it, and like on top of that, on top of drifters and shady people, there's also like, you know, just people that are there to like rape the city with their money. Yeah. And like squeeze every drop out of beignet and leave. Right, right. Um, And so I, I just like that ruined it for me i would just i would never feel safe in a town like that how long were you there for um at least a week okay we performed several times which was really cool oh my gosh i actually also we went to this one open mic which was really really cool and uh i see this guy kind of like it was a sidewalk at that point so i see this guy kind of off to the side uh he has an old van also mm-hmm. and i'm like okay that's pretty cool and he's kind of just he's kind of like weird he's kind of just standing there and somehow we end up meeting and we start talking and uh it's like oh he's russian cool yeah um, and you for the listeners you are also russian yes thank you <laughs> <laughs> just so you know anya <laughs> i am yeah, th- no thank you so much i am that's exactly what i told this guy <laughs> um so not only is he russian and i'm russian which is the biggest country in the world, but um, we're from the same village. Oh, whoa. Outside of Moscow. Okay. It's like, I'm from Moscow, but um, a lot of Russian people that live in cities also have a village where like maybe their grandparents are from mm-hmm. or where they have a summer house or something. And those villages are teeny tiny and there's a billion of them. Right, right. Um, okay. And we are from the same village. Wow. And what I learned the other day is that we also have the same birthday. Whoa. Which I didn't even know when I met him in New Orleans. But that was, my birthday was like two weeks ago. And so, uh, yeah, he said like, that's crazy. So, um, he also, it was it was really, really, really odd. Um, was he also a comedian? <laughs> he was not. Okay. <laughs> he was just a, like a van boy. Yeah, just doing the van life thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh yeah, New Orleans like the performances were cool. Uh that was one of the cities where like everyone that we booked to perform was super professional. Yeah. Uh because that's all they do. Right, right, <laughs> <So> right. <laughs> you can really make a living busking in New Orleans. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So Yeah. That's great. So where do you go after New Orleans? Um New Orleans is the point where we got solar panels. So we were in uh we went to on our way to Texas, we went to Lafayette. Um and got our solar panels up and running in Lafayette, Louisiana. That was just on the roof of the van for just charging whatever? Or? Yeah, because um, that was one of our other big problems is we're also teaching this whole time. Oh, yeah, you're doing remote work. Yeah, yeah, and mostly out of Panera Bread. 
Okay. And um, <laughs> like for me, my hot spot was good enough for me to teach, but there was constantly a power issue. Right, right. And like we all, yeah, we were we were fucking bums. Like we have to go into a coffee shop and charge everything and do like a horse bath in the bathroom and mm. use the and everything. But yeah, even just solving that problem of having outlets in the van charge laptops charge phones was great yeah totally that's dope yeah so you guys have like a, a souped up van now in new york with all yes. sorts of features for traveling it's for huh? sale and it's <laughs> much better than i'm making it sound <laughs> it's really good someone will buy it someone will buy it yes so you go to lafayette louisiana and then you head over to texas yes which you- i had also never been to where'd you go first in texas well um if you look at a map, it's like uh, there's a, like a very logical way to do it, which is we went into Houston, Austin. Yes, uh, Houston, then Austin. Houston was like also has like a very scary energy. Yeah, I don't like Houston. So we only spent about. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I remember now. We broke down there as well, <laughs> which didn't feel good. So we, uh, it was our battery kept failing. Right, right. Um, so we up and left. And made it to Austin, where we had uh, our second to last big repair. It wasn't that big. It was just the alternator. Right, right. Dead alternator needed a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ralph has a sister there. Mm-hmm. And we stayed with her, um, which was really cool. And Austin she's really rules. cool. Yes, Austin very much rules. We did a bunch of shows. We did mm-hmm. we did like five or six shows in Austin. Which also, like while we were going around from open mic to open mic, I ran into New Yorkers like at everywhere. Every, yeah, yeah, without planning to. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know you guys. Did you bump into Chris Tan? Yes, yeah, Chris yeah. Tan. He, he was one of our good friends back yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of them. That's sick, though. I think and um, Andre. Oh, Andre. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah, mean, he, he was, moved a he, while He was ago. here for like a couple months, then he left. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know Andre. I've met him. Yeah. And uh, Hans Kim and fucking all of them. Oh, Tim wow. Warner. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we were there for Creek and Cave opening. Oh, nice. Um. And we saw uh, Ali Sadiq open mm-hmm. for Creek and Cave, which was great. Um, also, while we were in Austin, staying with Ralph's sister, okay, who uh, she uh, just turned thirty, mm-hmm. and she's uh, she was living with her fiance in a home that they bought with their dog, and her and this fiance they'd been together for eleven years. Okay, so imagine like whoa, age nineteen, like 19? to thirty. Yeah, wow. Um, and while we were there. <laughs> They had a violent breakup. <laughs> and I mean physically violent <laughs> that we had to um take apart. Um and it was like for me, it was like our like it wasn't it wasn't that bad It was just like, you know, they kept trying to slap each other and push each other and shit. And we had to stand between them. And they they were also like throwing the dog around. Um but like for me, it's like, all right, whatever. For Ralph, I think that still haunts him because he says it was just like his parents' divorce and it just really freaked him out. Yeah, it's fair. Um, and so, oh my gosh. <laughs> you guys. Push and Believe Tour. Like, what a name for like a series of nightmares. <laughs> we were, it was so aptly named because we just, like, every time something went wrong, we were like, all right, well, push and believe. <laughs> yeah. This this is like one hell of a story. I'm just like I because on Instagram I'm seeing you guys parked at the beach, hanging out with your new puppy, 
you know, I see I see Ralph put out some videos of him dancing in Florida. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, this looks like good vibes. I mean, it was. Here's the okay. So here's like one of the biggest things that I don't yet know how to explain to people is yeah. like. Everything I'm saying is true. It happened. And it was extremely hard. This is one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it was one of the best. Right. Because I really feel like it's like uh, like climbing Mount Everest, right? Like it has to be extremely hard. Mm -hmm. But it's also Mount Everest. Right. So like it has to be that way. The level of reward has to correlate the level of input. True. Sacrifice. Mm hmm. Pain. <laughs> <laughs> it is wreaking havoc on Ralph's family. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> we destroyed his many cousins and sisters and dads and everything. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So this breakup happens in Austin. Do you leave Austin around when this this happens? Well, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> for a while, like for a few days, we were like, because also like she had not been alone for 11 years. Right, right. So we were thinking, like, maybe she doesn't want to be alone. Maybe we should hang out and, like, be with her. Because we were getting along really well, too. Right. Um. Uh. Yeah, her and I specifically bonded over trashing Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> um. But after a few days, it seemed like she wanted her space. Uh. So we left. Yeah. And then, uh. so here's the thing, is at that point... um. The only big city left in Texas that we wanted to do in that area was Dallas. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we really had to make the decision because uh, we were going to go all the way around the U.S. We were going to try to make it like to California, Portland. Washington, all that. Yeah. yeah. I was really excited for New Mexico and Arizona. New Mexico uh, fucks. I love I know. New Mexico. <laughs> I have never been. And I really, really, really wanted to go. You would vibe with Santa Fe so hard. I know. Uh, it. I know yeah, I know. And um, we just like, I like I knew we'd break down again, and we had run out of money, and it yeah. was just like by that point it was just getting to be a lot. So we um, we were like, let's turn back and just make it back in no hurry. Okay. Um, there's there's also there's like so much more to this story that I'm not that I'm leaving out. Um, but so we <laughs> may so we go straight up from Dallas from Austin to Dallas, uh, spend like a few days in Dallas, which also was really scary. Like Dallas yeah. and Houston have these like really, they're like the wolves of cities. Okay. They're like very scary. And I, that's, so we moved on really quickly. We yeah, didn't yeah. perform there. And we um, went east into Arkansas, which I thought, like everybody talks about it. Like it's like that whole area of the country, like it sucks. It was awesome. Really? You had yes. a good time? Yes. We spent like a week in Little Rock, mm -hmm. um, which to be fair, like a lot of people say that, you know, the cities are great and the country sucks. But so I don't know. But Little Rock was awesome. Really? Yes. And I got really, uh, I learned a lot about in the Little Rock Nine. Okay. Um, there's a museum. It's a huge memorial mm -hmm. there. Uh and it was it was uh, to remind you or anyone. It's um, I believe it was like 1957. Mm -hmm. It was the first integration of schools. There yes. were nine black children that were sent uh, by the president had had said uh, they are allowed to go to this school now. And mm -hmm. even even the governor of Arkansas said no. And they had like and national so, guard out there and stuff. Yeah. Like 
Yeah. So there, it was the state troopers of Arkansas mm-hmm. facing off with the federal troops. So, anyways, um, I that was that was really really fascinating to me because mm-hmm. at the same time, this is like on the on the skirt tail skirts. What's the expression? Coattails on the coattails of Black Lives Matter. Right. Was happening at that time. Um. So. Yes, uh, that was really cool. But Little Rock beyond that is very, very cool. There was, we went to a bunch of open mics. There's a, a bunch of like little, you know, little sweet little shops. There's a lot of art. Mm. Um, we went to, <laughs> we went to an open mic that was hosted by a blind guy. Okay. Who like had to feel his way onto the stage. Mm-hmm. It, it, just a lot of really funny comics. Mm-hmm. One of the funniest comics I'd ever met, uh, this, uh, this older lady that, uh, grew up really, really religious in like an Arkansas way. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it now has like renounced religion and is very, very gay. And it's just really, really funny. <laughs> um, yeah, then we moved on to Tennessee, mm-hmm. which we were also in for a long time, but I loved all of Tennessee. We did Memphis, Nashville, Chattanooga, mm-hmm. and then back to Nashville. All very lit places. Yeah. So we spent maybe... A little less than a month total in Tennessee. Okay, nice. Which is very, very cool. Mm-hmm. And that was the end. Yeah, because you you hit us up when you were in Tennessee. That's when we were in Savannah. Yes. And you were like, oh, we should meet. But like, we were we were there just for like two or three days and just drove right back to yeah. New York. So from from Dallas back to like Tennessee, you didn't have any more breakdowns. You got your van was running well. Yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. It was a sweet spot. We were doing well Mm -hmm. up until we weren't. (laughs) (laughs) How was the uh, how was the dog situation at that point? Had you guys kind of figured out the groove with Masha? Yes, yes. Um, we had the thing with Masha is also like puppies grow very very quickly, so it it was even less so maybe that we figured it out as just like she grew up. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. To be manageable. Um, Totally. So by that time, she was probably. I don't know, like four or five months mm-hmm. or something like that. And uh, yeah, she, it was basically, it's really like, it's nuts, but it takes two grown unemployed people full time to raise a puppy. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, she, yeah, she needed to be walked an endless amount um, mm-hmm. just to tire her out. Because yeah. basically if she wasn't tired, she was destroying everything. Right. But yeah, we were in a great groove. Mm-hmm. Spent some time in Memphis. Uh, performed a lot in Memphis. Um, really funny comedians mm-hmm. out there. Oh my gosh, this, we met this one guy that was like, uh, like we were like, what do you do? And he's like, well, I'm a social worker. I work with um, homeless people to help them, uh, you know, get jobs and mm-hmm. re-enter society. Uh, and then like a few drinks in, he was like, yeah, you know, I'm selling crack to those people, right? <laughs> I'm like what? what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's like my side hustle is I sell drugs to the guys I'm working with. Like, <laughs> and then I was like, what? And like, basically, he had seen by my reaction that I wasn't really crazy about that. And he was like, nah, 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 fam. nah, 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 nah. nah, nah. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Um, whoa. But, yeah. And so then we moved on to Nashville, which was mm. really cool. Nashville is popping. Um, comedy scene in Nashville was incredible. Really? Yeah, like large, thriving, mm-hmm. very like fresh, 
Yeah. One of the best comedians that we had met on the tour was in Nashville, DeHerm, mm-hmm. um, who was also like very suspicious of us. Because <laughs> we, we saw him perform at an open mic. That had basically become our strategy is instead of Facebook, we would go to a city, find an open mic there, go to the open mic, see people we like, and talk to them face-to-face right. so that it's not like a weird Facebook message. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people... They, yeah, they react weirdly to like a Facebook message of like, me and my boyfriend are touring. We live in a van. Yeah, that's fair. But then when we met in person, they'd be like, oh, like you're a comedian. You just went up. You're funny. It's cool. But this guy, Deherm, like, it, <laughs> he, we approached him and we were like, we're going to do this show in the park. And he was like, what? Because <laughs> that's, that's the other thing is New York was doing outside shows. As a very unique thing. Yes. Yeah. And other places, surprisingly warmer places, were not doing that. Nowhere right. else where we went, people were doing outdoor shows. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Like I'll hear I'll hear from other comedians from other cities that will come to New York to visit, be like, yeah. oh, we don't do this here. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, wait, so you guys just didn't perform during like peak lockdown? You where didn't just you have go outside and tell Access jokes? to parks. Yeah. And you have speakers and nobody will ask you to leave. And it's warm. That yeah. was the biggest problem New York City faced is it gets cold quickly in November. Right. And they didn't have that. And it just boggled my mind. And that I think we talked about that a lot with Ralph on the road on the road as to like why that is. And I wonder if it's like the New York hunger and the hustle. Because mm-hmm. absolutely. I, I maybe like people just get comfortable in other places, but nowhere in America mm-hmm. hustles like New York. Yeah, and I think I think that's definitely part of it. I think there's because when when lockdown happened, all the New York comedians were like, "We got to do like virtual immediately." Comedy. And then as soon as someone like inched outside, we were like, "Wait, maybe outside will work." And then you have like rooftops and you have parks yeah. and backyards. You have all these like weird spaces, yeah. and it's like, okay, well, let's do this. Yeah, New York locked down mid March. Mm-hmm. In May, Ryan O'Toole was out there <laughs> in Washington Square Park. Yeah, and it's like I think also. When you had like the community pressure of it, like if you're in a scene where you have 50 people and yes. you all agree we're going to stay inside and be safe and not come out. Yeah. It's different than being in a scene of like 900,000 yeah. people and half of them go outside. So you're like, well, 500 other people are going outside. Yeah. I'm going to go outside too. That's the thing in New York is you always know that there's somebody else working harder than you. Yeah. Who's going to do better than you is naturally better than you and is mm-hmm. going to go farther than you. That's always the case. But that was You didn't not- have to remind me of that right now. <laughs> I'll kidding. call you up every goddamn day. <laughs> um that that was really evident in a place like Memphis which suffers from like second city syndrome because it like I just made that up by the way. Um, well, but like describe Nashville, your made up. So, <laughs> so Nashville is the biggest city in Tennessee, right? And obviously the most famous mm-hmm. and lauded and beloved city yeah. out of Tennessee, right? And Memphis is a really cool city, but it's never Nashville, right? Like the Nashville gets most resources from the state, it gets most attention, it gets most tourists. Everyone's moving to Nashville right now, right? And so Memphis is like, even if you're like a really funny, hardworking comedian in Memphis, there's always going to be this thing of like. Well, you know, like people in Nashville are going to do it harder anyways. Yeah. You know, Um, but by that same token, Nashville has that in relation to New York and every city that we went to has that in relation to New York. Totally. And it's it's for no reason, man. It's all in your head. But nonetheless, um, so Nashville. Yeah. So so like we did a show in Nashville, um, which I didn't know this, but Nashville has like a, a perfect one to one replica of the Coliseum. 
What? No, sorry, the Parthenon. <laughs> the Parthenon. I did not know that. That's crazy. Yeah, because I don't. I didn't know either. But they have this whole Greek thing going on, and like this huge park that they have in the center of the city. Okay, has a life-size scale replica of the Parthenon. Um, and so we did our show, obviously, <laughs> right there at the Parthenon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these, yeah, these comics showed up that had been, they had some like indoor mics that were still going. Yeah. And they were like, is this what the fuck New Yorkers do? This is so weird. <laughs> um, so they were like really suspicious of us. But this guy, Deherm, he's like, um, I would assume my age, like late 20s. Yeah. And he opened up his own club uh on you know like on on the part of town that's not downtown right it's far right. away it's its own little neighborhood um i'm finding ways to say not you know the ghetto mm-hmm. uh but um it's a really so the club was like it's uh when you don't have as many like restrictions like um a club owner breathing down your neck to sell tickets and be proper right. and appropriate um, it was just like a very, very relaxed place mm-hmm. where comics could come and like really say the worst possible things. Oh no. And so we, <laughs> we saw a show or an open mic there and it was really, it was chaos. Like the energy was just pure chaos and it was hilarious. <laughs> it was one of the funniest, best things that we had ever seen. That's amazing. Yeah. I feel like also the dream of opening like an independent club like that it would be so cool. It'd be so yeah. much fun. Yeah. So you you do you do you spend a ton of time in Nashville. Yes. You do the outdoor shows. Yes. When do you start thinking, all right, it's time to go back to New York City? I mean, that whole time was like yeah, it's like it's nice that we're on our way, but we're not in a rush. Right. Cause then we were going to go um okay, Kentucky, so Louisville, and then um Ohio is Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and then home. Yeah. Um so then I was like, Chattanooga is really nearby because Tennessee is a rectangle and Memphis is at one end, Chattanooga at the other and Nashville in the middle. Yeah. And I had really wanted to see the Smoky Mountains. I don't even know why. I thought Chattanooga was cool. I had no reason to think so, but we went and it was. Okay. We spent like two weeks in Chattanooga and it was really dope. Tiny little town in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, really good comedy performed uh, on some shows, performed at some open mics. Loved it. Um, to get from Nashville to Chattanooga, there's uh, the Smoky Mountains right, are there, right. and you have to cross them. Yeah. I don't know how we made it over the first time, but we we broke on the way out. We were going from Chattanooga back to Nashville, mm-hmm. and the van broke in the mountains because the altitude is very difficult. And right. It was, it was a lot of pressure just straining to get up. And there was a, like there was a lot of um, smoke coming out of the the <sighs> tailpipe. It was it, it had really it had really broke down real bad. Mm-hmm. But we made it into Nashville. So here's the reason that we went to Chattanooga and then back to Nashville is when we were in, when we were in Chattanooga, Ralph, who uh, this is like not uncharacteristic for him, but he was like, oh, I forgot, I have a really 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 good friend in Nashville. And I was like, you forgot? <laughs> we were just there. And he's like, yeah, I went to uh, I went to college with this guy, and he went to art school. Mm-hmm. And so this this friend of mine, he's a uh, painter in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me hit him up. Let me just see what he's up to. And I'm like, all right. Well, I mean, tell him you forgot him. <laughs> and so um, the friend replies, and he's like, 
oh my gosh, that's crazy that you're in Tennessee because I just like in a few days, I have a gallery opening Mm. where I'm showing paintings and one of the paintings is of you. Whoa, what? It was of Ralph, yeah. Wow. <laughs> he did a portrait series of like six portraits and one of the portraits was of Ralph. Oh, cool. Um, And so we were like, okay, well, we gotta go. And they were like, uh, if you come to the gallery opening, um, you can perform. Well, mm. there, there's gonna be a good audience and we'll have a setup and you can do your thing and you can perform the stand-up and the, the rap. Um. That's what they call it, the rep. Uh, so, yeah, so we were like racing back to Nashville and the Smoky Mountains killed us. Um, but we made it to Nashville. We stayed with that friend, which also was like, you know, it's, we were uninvited guests. It's all, sorry, it's always hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so at that point, our van was in the shop and. Uh, Did you make it to the we, gallery? Yes. Nice. We made it to the gallery opening, which was probably, it was a really good culmination because it probably was one of our best shows. We mm-hmm. had a really good audience that was there to see us, um, all these like, you know, art people, people that go to art galleries. Right. Um, it was a great show. We had Masha and Ralph did a very uh, loud version of um, Anya Wants to Have a Dog. And, yeah. And people just cheered and <laughs> hollered. It's like, it breaks people's minds when they hear... Anya wants to have a dog, and then a puppy comes running on stage. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. Um, and yeah, and then at that point, that was a really stressful time, but we had to make a lot of decisions quick. How do we get, what do we do with the van? How do we get ourselves to New York? We don't have a place to stay in New York. I believe right. at, at that point, I asked Lee if we could stay here. Yeah. <laughs> We and thank I, God you said no because yeah? I thought it would be like two weeks. It also ended up being like a month and a half. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like we're we when we talked about it, we were like, if like if there's like an emergency, yeah, like we can because this is a two bedroom apartment yeah. and adding two extra people and a dog that's yeah. four animals, four people. Yeah, and we were like, like if they just need like a night or two, we can do it. But yeah. like an extended time, we probably can't. Yeah, handle. yeah, yeah. No, I. Um, I, that's a wise choice to like protect your your space and your boundaries. Um, so what ended up happening was the one person that we trust to work on the van yeah. is Bruce in Florida. Right. Okay. So we uh, transported the van from Tennessee to Florida. You drove? No, it couldn't drive. Oh. Uh, it got transported on a on a transporter it's like towing but you know when when like you see the trucks that have cars on oh, the thing, that a truck truck yeah, yeah. A truck, it's called a transporter okay. <laughs> um so and then we got on a rental car which they cost so much money per day insane amounts right now so we were like okay well let's just try to make it <laughs> make this like 14 hour drive from uh, Nashville to New York, and we did it. Uh, we slept for like a few hours, but we did it very quickly. And thank God, um, a friend of ours came to our rescue. Uh, a friend, a comic friend, has a uh, a house that his family owns, where like the uncle that lived there died, and now the house is empty, and they're working on it to fix it. And so we mm-hmm. we were able to crash there. Um, nice. And then and there was no one else there, just you guys. Yeah. And that, so that was nice. That's the best case scenario. Right I know. There. <laughs> yeah, he really, he really saved our butt. And mm. then um, the apartment that we had lined up for a while that was not ready up until that point, right, became ready. And so now 
We've been in the new place for two weeks. So now I consider the trip to be finally over. Nice. You made it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What an adventure. So so you've been in the new place for two weeks, right? Yeah. Let me ask you this. So whenever I would go camping for like four days or go on a road trip for a week or something like that, I feel like when I come back to living in a stable place that isn't moving, I feel like I have like a raised by wolves mentality where I find myself like brushing my teeth in the kitchen sink or just like doing weird things that you would do on the road. How has it after seven months of being on the road and pooping outside and <laughs> and doing all this crazy stuff, how how have the last by two the weeks way, felt? I'd like to defend Ralph's honor real quick. Okay. <laughs> and say that um he refused to poop outside. He did not do the dirty deed not Whoa. once during the not whole trip. Once? He hold he, <laughs> I don't know what his method was, but he held it and I'm sure it was painful, but I was the main offender. Okay. Um uh coming back to an apartment. Uh it was like there was such a I think I went the other way. Yeah. There was a huge sense of relief to not be housing insecure anymore. Yeah. And to like have constant access to a bathroom, I start I started brushing my teeth like three times a day and showering all the time. Whoa! Because <laughs> I just missed it so much. Um, yeah, there's some of that. Um, the the things that I kept with me from the trip mm-hmm. were a feeling like uh, nothing can hurt me. Mm-hmm. There is no danger. There is nothing we can't figure out. No one can mess with me. Just like a total bulletproof mentality. Especially towards my own demons on the inside of like, I feel anxiety. I'm much more able to just turn it off now and be like, just shut the fuck up. Yeah. Sounds like a very therapeutic trip as a whole then. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And uh, as much as like, they say um, quarantining with a partner uh, like puts your relationship into like hyperspeed. Right. Uh, that in a van is like double hyperspeed. Right. So I feel like the relationship came out a lot stronger. Nice. Also, also I want to mention like <laughs> there's a there's a lot of like uh, okay so as we're coming to New York I think there have been uh, like interested parties in myself and Ralph for some time. That were all like kind of like very politely when they first see me in person, be like, "Oh, so like you came back from your trip? Um, are are you guys still together? Because um, <laughs> I know it must have been like a really hard trip, right? And I, yeah, I so I've had to like that. I don't, you know what I mean? It's like such a weird moment, but I have to be like, yeah, like we're we're still together. Yeah, you, you can keep, you can keep waiting. <laughs> Um, you guys pushed and believed and yeah. it worked out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that that is like the amount of like team communication and problem solving and just yeah. all like for that long with that many breakdowns and that many like spur of the moment yeah. decisions. Like I don't think, I, I, honestly, I omitted many of them. <laughs> um, we just covered the big ones. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and the other thing that I will say that I came out of it with is um, so many times we needed help. Yeah. That's the other thing is you start to rely on other people a lot. 
Right, right. Like, um, there were times that we, like, there were a lot of encounters with police that we had mm-hmm. where it could have not gone well. Right. There was, oh my gosh, there was one time, um, don't remember where, Ralph uh, likes to, <laughs> that, like, Ralph loves to have these, like, long conversations with his friends on the phone. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. And that sounds like something everyone might enjoy, but he literally does it, like, every day. Oh, like, wow. <laughs> like two to three hours of his day, almost every day he's on the phone with someone. Whoa. Um, and so, yeah, this one place we had parked on a street where it was allowed to park overnight. We parked there, slept, um, seemed like we weren't bothering anyone. In the morning, he uh, stepped out so as not to wake me with his phone call. Yeah. And was talking on the phone to a friend, um, like, you know, pacing back and forth in front of the van as one does when mm-hmm. you're talking on the phone. Someone called the cops. Whoa. And so the police officer approached us. He was, you know, very calm and gentle, but he was like, uh, yeah, someone called us because they think you, they thought uh, you were having a mental health episode. They thought maybe you were a crazy guy uh, and they were, they were concerned. And so I'm checking up on you. <laughs> Which also, like, how do you explain to someone that you're not crazy? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> you start with, okay, we're comedians and we're doing a van tour. <laughs> see, that, like, all of that is what we weren't telling anybody. Right. Um, so yeah. And and so that's like just one example, but also like family members and friends that, um, sent us hotel points Mm -hmm. so that we could, uh, have a, have a place to be, um, while our van is getting fixed. Um, friends that let us stay with us, friends that would drive an hour out of the way to come pick us up if we're stranded. Right. There was a lot of that. Um, and there were also there were, to, I mean, honestly, there were many more times when we needed it just as bad and there was none. Right. And so that's a big thing that I still carry with me is just mm. like, if somebody needs something, just if you can do it and it won't break you, just do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that is really strong with me right now. Interesting. I think that's good, though. It's a good lesson, especially like learning to ask for help yeah. when you need it. Yeah. It's like a hard thing for lots of people to do. Yeah. Like um, when I got COVID twice, as you may know. <laughs> yeah. I do. And uh, what's like. Actually, wait. The <laughs> This is how I remember you got COVID. Okay. Right before our trip, Ralph came to do the podcast. I'm guessing he was sitting yes. in the same exact spot yes. where I'm sitting. Uh, and he came home and I was like, how was it? And he was like, it was cool. And the next day I'm talking to Lee and she goes, Maxim has COVID. It was literally the yeah, next day. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I remember feeling so bad. So I was like, what the fuck? Like I, I, I was hoping Ralph didn't get it. And you guys, I don't think you have, I understand. I would feel bad if I were you too, but you don't have any reason to. Yeah. I don't think you were being reckless. You guys, you know, other than too. those rooftop mics, <laughs> <laughs> but there's nothing else that you, there's nothing. There's no way you could have known, and, right? And we were fine, obviously. Uh, That's great. What was it like having COVID twice? Uh, first time, uh, I felt like a little sick, but I was mostly fine. The second time, the first five days, I felt like really sick, like very intense cold. But the worst part is, for some reason, my you have le- a bad fever. No, but like my my lower back and my hips were really sore for some reason. So I couldn't find mm. a position to lay in where oh. it wasn't like burning for days. Yeah. My god. It's, okay. And that sucked, but what what I was thinking about what was crazy is like during those times like we would order groceries from like Amazon Fresh or whatever, yeah. grocery delivery, and Lee was like 
Lee was like, yeah, we could, well, why don't we just ask a friend to bring stuff? And some people did just bring stuff just to be nice, stop by and drop something off yeah. or whatever. But like part of me, I was like, no, it's like, I'm not going to ask for that help. Like we're going to just order. Yeah. And then when I had fr- someone else, a friend got COVID, I, it's like weird. Cause I'm like fine to like offer help, but I'm, I don't like yeah. asking, you know, that's what most people are. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like a, a good thing to come to grips with and just be like, yeah, cool about it. You know? That something like that makes me think of like this is one of the great things that I mourn in my mm-hmm. life is that uh like my parents and their parents and their parents, they all were born and raised in Moscow. Right. And some parents before that on for some of them. Mm-hmm. Um and so any cousins that they have are also in Moscow. Yeah. And everyone they went to school with. Mm-hmm. is in moscow because here's the other thing is in russia unless you're moving to st petersburg i guess i don't know or unless or like really europe um there's no reason to leave moscow because it has all the best things so if you're born in moscow you stay in moscow right right right. that's not true of any city in america so i think right. that's hard for people to understand but that's what i think most cities are like in other countries mm-hmm. so um like it's uh i th- it, it's um it's weird and bad to be in a city where you don't have family. No support network. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels like that's like one of the bigger things that New York is really missing right now. Mm-hmm. Is um, just so many communities are like trying, like people are trying to stretch them across the whole country. Right. But you don't have local communities. Right. I agree with that. That was to say that if you had COVID and you had family in the city, would it have been a lot easier? Yeah. I, th- I like it would be easier for me to ask family for help than friends yeah exactly but i'm like so much like i'm so much like a no help type of person that's like yeah. if someone offers help i'll accept but I, w- I won't ask because also i view like i think of myself as someone who helps and not someone who needs to be helped and why would i like yeah. burn someone but it's like a it's like a fucking i'll, I'll go to therapy i'll talk about it in therapy or something but yeah. like i think that's that's really interesting i think one thing here like when i first moved to new york city i was really like i I wasn't worried about making friends because when I started doing co- stand-up comedy, I realized what a comedy scene is like. Yeah. And I think here, what like being a part of the comedy scene and having so many friends part of this in-person community, this like local community, it's like flipped my view on what people actually need in their life. And it's, it's like, what do you actually need to be happy? It's like, oh, you need to feel like you need, you contribute to a community and you're valued like, yeah. amongst the people you know and that's like what makes you happy you know so i think it's dope yeah i think it's um <laughs> this is another thing is like this is also at the same time that this is happening i had just built my website uh like a mm-hmm. few months before we left for the trip um the it's lifeofanya.com and it was a list of all the pandemic mics yeah but i was still living in the wake of what that had done um and that was i just i felt a huge difference it was like the only thing that i had ever done that really uh was it was something i built that was used by a lot of people yes yeah yeah a lot of people oh yeah it was the go-to the website has been viewed like thirty thousand times whoa by probably about three thousand people yeah estimate that's crazy um, and I 
had never been of service to anyone before in my life. Yeah. And uh, like, I don't know. It just really struck me. That was really, really weird to me. So ever since then, um, I'm just like, I'm thinking more and more of ways that I can do what I want to do. But in that same motion. Yeah. Have that done for like five other people. Absolutely. That's great. I think like, especially your, li- your list has come in clutch so many times that you just went out and you did that and you maintained it too, which was like yeah, a very strong. Part. Yeah. And like, I don't know, like our mic here, like Lee and like our mic that we started, that was the first time I felt like that, that same feeling. Yeah. That's Where, what it looked like when I was looking at you guys. Mm-hmm. So I know that's what I'm, yeah, it felt the same to like see you guys do it. Where it's like, oh, we're like, suddenly we're giving like people now know us and we know more people yeah. and all we did was just give back to the community a yeah. little bit you know when you have something to really offer your place in society mm-hmm. changes totally and there, there's people there's probably tons of people who you have never met who use your website yeah, I still yeah. meet them. Yeah, they're like, oh, you're life of Anya. I don't Anya, know if it's Anya. as big right now. I'm like very nervous about that. I wanted to get back on top. I, I don't know if people, uh, I don't know if people use that stupid fucking map I made. I want to make that better if I can, but I don't know how yet. I will say that when you left on your tour and during the winter, because most mics shut down, because outdoor shit is brutal. There was a period of getting away from it. And then yeah. when things started warming, like barely warming up in like late February, like March. Yeah. Someone put together an Excel sheet, but it I wasn't know. as updated. And then I think when you wanted to come back, I think that like, I think it, it I think it will still have a place. Yeah. Especially because my websites like Bodslava or Free Mics, which were used in the before time, don't seem to be a thing in people's minds anymore. You either use the indoor-outdoor comedy Facebook group or you go to that. Yeah, the Facebook group is uh, really useful. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it feels inaccessible to people that aren't from New York because there's a really big amount of people that come through to New York that want to see stand-up comedy. And uh, I wonder about the, like, that Facebook group being inaccessible to them. I think there's actually some there that's that's actually really smart. I think because we use that group as comedians for comedians, there should be a separate group that are that's just comedy shows in New York City or something yeah. where people from outside the city or inside that want to go to comedy shows can just go and see all the shows happening, you know? Yeah. Um, I was also considering building an app. Mm-hmm. Um, so if this is just a PSA, if you think you have a way for me to make my website better, which by the way, I built it from scratch. I built it in HTML. So if there's something that uh, (laughs) I can do in HTML that would make that experience better, uh, please contact me directly. I would just do uh, a drop down where you can change the day because scrolling to the bottom is like a, yeah, but okay. I can work on that. (laughs) So uh, we can we had, you had something else you wanted to talk about today. Um, oh yeah, and you mentioned your family in Moscow, and I was gonna just totally hijack the conversation from sure. there. Being like, speaking of Moscow, so you've also you were telling me that you've also been working on a documentary. 
Yeah, it's uh, practically finished. It only took me two long years, but whoa, um, two years ago in 2019, over the summer, I went and uh, stayed in my childhood home, mm-hmm. uh, which is in a little village, the same village that I met the guy from uh, outside of Moscow. Mm-hmm. It's northeast of Moscow. Um, and my grandparents have been living on that little piece of land for, um, I want to say, well, my grandmother for about 80 years mm-hmm. and my grandfather for about 60 years. Wow. Uh, it's, oh, I don't know what an acre is, but it's like, I don't know, it's several hundred square feet. Okay. Uh, sorry, square meters. I mean. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> several hundred square meters, which mm-hmm. is a lot more than square feet. Um, and they grow like they grow peppers, potatoes, tomatoes, cucumbers, onions, garlic, uh, apples, cherries, any kind of berry. Mm. Um, they can sustain off of it. They mm-hmm. still buy like meat and eggs and stuff. Yeah. Um, and they like they don't. <laughs> they're just very. They're in their eighties, and they're like it's a very different way of living and thinking than anyone around me right so i made a half hour documentary about them okay so uh, you did you just bring a camera out when you visited and just like filmed everything i did it on my phone you did it on your phone yeah wow so what was the what's the whole premise is just going through the li- lifestyle of these people like day to day kind of yes um but it's also like uh what are their values and how mm-hmm. do they orient themselves how do they decide what to do and how to do it Okay. It's mostly like that. Um, so like, for example, like my grandfather, he keeps track of the coming of the frost. That's right? okay. That's fair. Which is something that is like very, I think it's very obvious for a person to do that because animals do that. Right. Not in language. Right. But they keep track of like the coming of the frost. But in English, I just think that's such a funny phrase. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, yeah, I really have not thought about like, yeah, that, that special time in October, or that special time in April where like you have plus one, one day and the next day it's minus one. Yeah. And that's not a, two degrees is not a big difference, but in, in the world of farming, it's a huge yeah. difference. Yeah. Um, so like he's just tuned differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, also it's very much a house where, Nothing new gets bought unless right. they really need it, which they never do because everything they have they fix, and they're like they're not the type of old people that um don't uh keep growing like my grandfather mastered the computer right right and he <laughs> he like I was there and he's with his laptop, and he's like, "Do you want me to show you how to use a web browser <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what?" He's like, because I learned, if you need to know, I can show you. It's really easy. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. But no, that's okay. Yeah. And then we uh, sat and he um, like he Googled um, paintings of drinking tea uh, or tea drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, And for like 10 minutes, we just sat and scrolled through every entry on Google images. Mm -hmm. That was like paintings of people drinking tea. so they're just like, if they need to learn something, they learn it. If they need to build something, they build it. Mm. If they need to fix something, they fix it. They're like, they can barely walk. They can barely see, mm. but they're like more alive and more present than anyone I've ever met. Wow. Wow. So this this house in this village, 
Is it like, are they on like a piece of like farmland or are they in close proximity to other houses or? It's, um, it's like, yeah, they have a fence. It's a grid system. So they're okay. touching and seeing other people every day. Okay. They have like a fence that you can see over. And so there's these neighbors on the right and these neighbors on the left mm-hmm. that they have lived side by side with for like 40 years. And that's all they do all day is just talk trash about the neighbors. <laughs> Like they're like one of them will be like plowing something and the other will be wheeling around a wheelbarrow and they'll like exchange. They'll like come close together for a second to be like, did you see that Maria isn't washing her socks anymore? (laughs) Did you see? I bet that's because of the new wife. My gosh. (laughs) I changed the names to protect the innocent, but it's it's very real. Um, wow, so you are almost finished with this documentary after two years. Yeah, it's like it's ready to be released, but I want to submit it to festivals. And Ralph told me that if I put it out on YouTube, I can't submit it to festivals. Gotcha. Okay. Which is really fucking annoying. But to be honest with you, I'm giving away like private unlisted copies just mm-hmm. to friends of mine. And then I can list you as a producer or something because I just want people to see it. <laughs> I would love to check it out. Have you made a trailer for it? Yes. Coming this summer to <laughs> Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i should cool. release that awesome well um that, that that'd be great i'd love to see that that sounds very cool very very interesting especially as someone uh who literally does nothing for himself in terms of my own food production or like fixing shit i don't know yeah well here's the thing maxim actually you have an incredible garden space even just that back panel where it's grassy i could show you very easy things that you could do to grow your own stuff and i you might love it the uh the issue with this yard is that the under the fake grass yeah there is roughly one inch of dirt and it's all rubble underneath it just goes on forever that might actually be a really good thing you you can like buy topsoil Mm -hmm. to put over it so you'll have maybe like um seven inches of topsoil and you can grow plants in that yeah, I think it would be possible. One, like, I would love to if if I owned this place, I'd yeah. be like all in, you know. But yeah. also, there's no way into the backyard except through our apartment. Yeah. So if we were to like remove rubble and add stuff and bring, yeah. it would, we would be bringing things in and out the front of the building and yeah. I'm not. I don't own this. I'm just renting, so I'd, yeah. I'm hesitant to do like true development. Like you get it, like flattening it and pulling out some of the rubble and putting it in the back and then putting the fake yeah. grass down is like as far as I'm willing to go to improve. Yeah, this place. But I mean, it looks amazing as it is. Um, but yeah, I I own my place now. Oh, you do? Yeah. Nice. Which is another gigantic relief. Oh yeah, I bet that's so dope. Are you are you like in uh, like a duplex style or? No, 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 no. That would be that. I mean, that would be cool. No, we're in a, like a studio. Okay. Um, it's a little bit less than seven hundred square feet. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like fucking for two people and a dog. It's pretty roomy compared to all the closets I've lived in. Yeah. Is it? Do you guys have a yard or anything? Or no, we're on the second floor of a co-op. Okay. Do you have a rooftop access? No. Nothing. Okay. That's just the comedian in me. It's like I know. Can you throw a rager on the roof or no? <laughs> I I mean, once we're a little bit more comfortable in it, I'd like to have shows at the place where maybe mm-hmm. like ten people are in attendance. Okay, yeah, yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah, we're uh, we're toying with the idea of actually having 
like Lee and Chris Scher's show back here. Because yeah. before we've been like no shows. We don't want strangers in our apartment. Yeah. But I think we'll do the show back there. And I'll, I'll just be in the apartment as like in the living room to like yeah. watch and make sure everything is. Oh, definitely. Gucci, you know, charge money for the show. Make it a really nice experience and pay a person to just be in the living room. Right. Yeah. Like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will consider it. But yeah, this is. Do you have anything else you want to add on to this documentary? Anything you got to say about it? Um, I, I guess I would just say it's um something that I would have wanted to watch when I was in a place in my head where like I didn't know really, like, what to do, how how to be, like, right. kind of maybe a little bit struggling for like a life uh, mm-hmm. mission. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend it for that kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. I like that a lot. I'm really excited to watch it. Uh, and this, okay, we're we're winding down here, and I have one final question. I ask everybody this, okay? So, in your creative journey, with everything you've done, with like comedy, improv, the million things you've done, do you have like a message or a theme or something you stick to to tell yourself to keep going? Do you have something that like motivates you or n- not necessarily like a theme in your in the material you make, but like for yourself, do you have like where do you draw your inspiration from? Yeah, um, a lot of it comes from my father and his parents, whom mm-hmm. the documentary is about, um, which is, I think, why I eventually made it. But from them, especially, I've always seen a type of resilience mm-hmm. that is like. They they seem like nothing, like anything that you throw at them, they'll just figure out a way to deal with it. Yeah. They're like, um, and so that kind of like image and that feeling is what I try to remind mm-hmm. myself of is like, it doesn't matter how long it's going to hurt. It's going to stop. Right. And when it does stop, I have to not have damaged too many things while mm-hmm. I was feeling upset. So when I feel upset, I just have to make it through. Just like try to turn yourself off and make it through. And then eventually it always, you know, something always feels amazing. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. I feel that that's kind of like my thing. (laughs) I vibe with that a lot. (sighs) Thank you so much for coming on, though. Uh, This is a lot of fun. This was fun for me. Thank you. (laughs) I'm glad I got to hear uh, the push and believe story. I want. I was like waiting to hear. <laughs> uh, do you have? Where can people find you? Where? What are your plugs? Uh, definitely check out lifeofanya.com, on which there is also a full chronology of this whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a link to the Push and Believe tour, and you can also find a list of uh, all the open mics on that website as well mm-hmm. uh, in New York City, which I try to keep pretty updated. Um, I also run a 3 p.m. open mic six days a week at the Tiny Cupboard, uh, and I really, really, really recommend it. It's a feedback mic, and it's uh, it's just like I think kind of like the energy of this podcast has been like we're yeah. It's when people are here's the secret of the mic is when people okay. are listening uh, to your set with the intent of giving feedback, mm-hmm. they become an incredible audience. Right, right. That's like the secret that I've found to making comedians also a good audience. Mm-hmm. It's a very supportive and a fun room. Um, and, and sometimes you bring the dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I bring the dog a lot. <laughs> She'll she cuddles and sleeps through the mic, and it could be with you if you ask for it. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm also on Instagram 
at Anya Jones, Jones with a zero. So at A-N-Y-A-J-0-N-E-S. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, go to the mic, check out uh, Anya's website, go read about Push and Believe. And also I'm going to retroactively plug uh, Precious Gorgeous Ralph, who is Anya's boyfriend and Push and Believe partner (laughs) through this journey. Check out his music as well. Can I can I make this announcement? Yeah. He's going to be teaching a class um, that is like a multi-week class that you sign up for uh, starting July 11th at the Tiny Cupboard. And if you are a uh, comedian that is maybe a little bit like stuck in, in like they don't know how to grow next, I would highly recommend this class what's the class about so the class is called um comedians make the best actors okay and it's for actors and comedians and for like how the 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 things that the other one does is like what you're missing okay gotcha I i like that so it's like a lot of like getting you comfortable in your body and being a performer and being very like loose on stage mm-hmm. instead of uh there's just like so much stiffness going yeah on. totally totally um yeah but yeah go check that out uh follow anya um you can check out uh the links to precious gorgeous ralph's instagram where i'm sure he'll have the information that's on his oh, yeah. episode you guys can you can you guys can scroll down your feed and find it i trust you uh but yeah thank you so much for coming on anya this was a blast yeah, my pleasure. I'm really glad I got to hear about it and hear the struggles of van life. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you check out everything. And uh, you guys have a great day. And I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.